Hey, I'm Elizabeth Willits and I'm obsessed with helping as many women as possible achieve their boldest dreams after kids and helping you to navigate this messy and magical season of life. I'm a working mum with over 17 years of recruitment experience and I'm the founder of the Investing in Women job board and community. In this show, I'm honoured to be chatting with remarkable women, redefining our working world across all areas of business. They'll share their secrets on how they've achieved extraordinary success after children, set boundaries and balance, the challenges they've faced and how they've overcome them to define their own versions of success. Shy away from the real talk? No way! Money, struggles, growth, loss, boundaries and balance. We cover it all. Think of this as coffee with your mates and mixed with an inspiring TED Talk sprinkled with the career advice you wish you'd really had at school. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, make sure you're cosy and get ready to get inspired and chase your boldest dreams or just survive Mondays. This is the Work It Like a Mum podcast. This episode is brought to you by Investing in Women. Investing in Women is a job board and recruitment agency helping you find your dream part-time or flexible job with the UK's most family-friendly and forward-thinking employers. Their site can help you find a professional and rewarding job that works for you. They're proud to partner with the UK's most family-friendly employers across a range of professional industries. Ready to find your perfect job? Search their website at investinginwomen.co.uk to find your next part-time or flexible job opportunity. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome to this week's Work It Like I'm On podcast episode. Today, I'm delighted to be chatting with Cecile Pichot, now the Operations Manager at Audio Network. But before landing her job at Audio Network, Cecile found herself unemployed when pregnant with her first child. We're going to be talking in this episode about job seeking whilst pregnant, discrimination towards mothers in the job seeking process, and then subsequently settling into a new job with a new employer after a career break. We'll also be talking about the changes that Cecile would like to see in the recruitment process for pregnant women and when interviewing new moms. Thank you so much, Cecile, for joining me today and talking about your experiences, um, particularly job seeking, you know, when you found yourself, unfortunately, unemployed when pregnant, which must have been such a frightening time for you. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences. Thank you, Liz. Great to be here. Yeah, it's really good to chat. So do you want to give us a bit of a brief overview as you know how you found yourself unemployed whilst pregnant and, and then we'll talk a bit more about your job seeking. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so I my husband and I kind of met in our mid-30s, so kind of a, a little bit later in life. And I was working contract work at the time, had a six-month contract. We were getting ready to to get married in December. But friends of ours had just gotten pregnant. And I said to my husband, I think we should start trying now because this could take a few years and we're not mm. young anymore. So we started trying. Very, very lucky, got pregnant pretty much straight away. So yes, I was pregnant in September and my contract was running up to December, but we were also planning on taking a, a month off after the, the wedding. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to negotiate a month's break and then coming back into into the same contract afterwards. So I found myself with my contract ending in December, going on on a, a honeymoon, then coming back without a job. 
I guess there is less protection, isn't there, when you are contracting. I don't know 100% all the legalities around it, but that must have been a really, you know, frightening time for you. It was quite a kind of uh, first trial, a lot lot going on. It kind of people ask questions like, oh, so what nursery are you going to put the baby in? It's like, I have to think about that now. They're not even here yet. So there are so many things to think about and adjust to. And then like not having a, a job either was quite a difficult time. In a way, I thought that contracting would make things easier. Yeah, because you could find another contract. Exactly. And I explored a few avenues of kind of different contract jobs that I could pick up. Coincidentally, at that time, it was kind of a lot of things happening at the same time. I always also had a little bit of a self-doubt period in my career. It's like, am I doing the right thing? Do I have the right training? So I was able to do a training course, a really like intensive, thorough training course just after coming back from honeymoon, which kind of helped me kind of check on my foundations in my role. So that was that was useful in being able to to have and were you doing that alongside job seeking? Yes. And was that something you'd paid for yourself? Yes, it was. So yeah, so I, I reached out to different contacts. I had a few potential things I could do short-term, but none of them panned out. And then even with short-term contracts coming up, because like recruiters knew that I was contracting and they would reach out and I said, yes, I can absolutely do that. But I kind of have a, a hard stop around end of May and they go, oh, why is that? It's like, oh, but because I'm, I'm having a baby, so I'm going to have to take some time off. At which point the job would suddenly become unavailable suspiciously. <laughs> and that happened repeatedly then. Yeah, there were quite quite a few of those. Did um did anyone sort of ever, you know, did they ever explain why the job had disappeared? Were they outwardly discriminatory in what they said, or was it all quite subtle? Yeah, it was very, very subtle kind of people like either just disappearing, saying, Oh no, that one has has filled up, or no, they're going in a different direction, you know, all of those kind of things. So yeah, it was just impossible. Absolutely. You must have felt like you were hitting your head, head against the brick wall. I really was. And I, we were quite lucky in that we were in a situation where my husband was working and we had some savings. So we were okay. But it was still pretty kind of stressful to know that I would have to take some time off to look after the baby already. And I couldn't do any work in those three months. What bit between? Yes. So what happens with maternity pay then? I mean, I suppose you were contracting anyway, but you know, it's particularly. If then you're not working, do you still get maternity pay? And There's a statutory pay, yes. And that comes from the government. Exactly, exactly. So I had that. So so that helps a little bit. But as any, any mum who's been through this would know, it's not a large amount. It's, like, it's a few hundred, hundred pounds. And did you feel pressure to take that early then when you realised you weren't going to get a new job? You know what? I actually didn't think about that because, like, I tried almost right up to to the end to get something, and then because I also knew that I wanted to take at least six months with my son, I kind of I started when I was pregnant because I knew it would carry on for for a while as well. So you had your your son, and then I'm guessing you t- did you take a break from job seeking for a little bit? Yes. So basically, by so I was due by end of May, mid May. It's like, okay, this is not going to happen. I'm just going to try and relax now and and do the baby thing. And my husband and I had various discussions like, what sort of time period should we aim for for me to start recruiting again? And we said, okay, let's do let's do six months because that brings us up to to January the the following year. So I just 
like focused all of my time and energy on my son. And then came January. So we actually, we, we went on holiday uh, for a couple of weeks and came back and I started all of the interviewing. So just before going on holiday, I got my CV ready, started looking at what's out there. And then, yeah, mid-January started in earnest to look for different roles. And there were a few things um, available and I got some interviews. But the challenge then was kind of finding a, a company that would be flexible enough to support new mums because I didn't I mean nothing could have prepared me for the, the change in your in your life so we uh, again we were very lucky we could my son started nursery at the beginning of that Feb that year and it was, we put him in for five days a week eight in the, the morning till six in the, the evening and at that point because he and I had spent so much time together we were both kind of ready to start seeing other people you know so um, it was a good arrangement. He was happy to go after the initial settling in process. But uh, even with that, even having th- that, which is you know turning into a bit of a, a luxury these days as well with the cost of childcare, I still knew that I had to to get a job that would be be understanding where I could leave on time to get my son. So there was some some companies that I interviewed for that were kind of in a, a startup phase. So sort of the next phase up from startup, and I had like exec saying straight out like this is not a, a nine to five job you have to be willing to put in more time so which I try to explain I'm absolutely happy to put in more time but I have a child and he comes first and that's kind of the point where, where things start to get a little bit weird again with people just kind of not directly saying that it would be an issue but kind of uh, m- making the kind of sounds and motions like oh you know you're gonna kind of have to you're not as committed Yes, exactly. I think that's, they want people to just, some some people, obviously not everyone, but some employers just seem to think that your job, their job that they're giving you should be your whole life. Yeah. And you don't have, but that's not fair on anybody. And Exactly. And it's not realistic either. That kind of made, helped, made me understand like why so many women and, and mums, especially, are, are leaving the job world because it is incredibly hard to juggle. And there are, it seems to me like there are very few companies out there that are willing to, to see the bigger picture and kind of think longer terms. Like, okay, this, this person has a kid now and that's the top priority. But if we treat our people well, they will stay longer term. And this is just, if you think about this, like in the bigger scheme of things, it's a very short period of time where we have these commitments and, and challenges. I wonder if that sort of attitude, you know, you've got to work long hours. It's because you, they, these, you know, if it's a small startup, like you said, these entrepreneurs are so bought into their business dream. They expect, you know, everyone else to be as bought into it as they are. Yeah, there's definitely an element of that. And I, again, I can understand it from their perspective because like with a, a startup, it is just all hands on deck and everyone has to, to put in extra time to help with, with that. But I mean, some of the, most of the companies I spoke to weren't in their early startup phases. And they still had that sort of attitude, long hours. Yeah, exactly. Which like, interestingly, when I then did land a job, well, get to in a bit I find that I I work my core hours but I get a lot more done it's like you're, you're so much more focused as you know you have a hard stop where you'd have to go change into mum mode and, and look at that side of your life but, but some of the like, like there was another company I interviewed for who like I explained that I was off for 14 months because of my contract ending and then taking time off 
And via the recruiter, they said, okay, can you give us some examples of things you did while you were off to kind of keep up to date in the, in the industry, in the work? And like, I very nearly like wanted to say, yes, well, I, I project managed a birth and the survival of a human being. But I was like, so, so I had the training course that I had run and I had sat in on a, on some, I had various uh, sessions with contact in the industry. My husband is in sort of a similar, he's a, a software developer and I work with developers or I did at the time. So I was kind of keeping up to date on things via him as well. And because I had time off before I had the baby, I was able to do various things to upskill myself. It wasn't that I was just baby time all of the time. But then I, but I also just found it such a... It's very belittling. Yeah, condescending, that's it. And it's... Exactly. Patronizing. And yeah. It is actually running what mums and women, down, you know, caregivers do down. And society, yeah, that's a really poor attitude. Exactly. And it's like people, I don't know if it's like people see it as this black hole of women disappearing off and having a child and you're just... Uh, like doing childish things that there are so many transferable skills from motherhood and from looking after a little one because by nature so I was at home during the day so I took on a little bit more of the household responsibilities as well just at the at the time there's a lot of like project management and logistics and and planning that goes into it in fact when I started working again it was such a relief because like being with a little person all day, every day, is exhausting. It's really, really hard work. Hello to all our listeners. This is Elizabeth Willits, your host of the Work It Like a Mum podcast and founder of the Investing in Women job board and recruitment site. And I'm here today to tell you all about our transformative career coaching services. Whether you're returning to work, climbing the corporate ladder or seeking a complete career change, our coaching is designed for anyone aspiring to make a significant impact in their professional life. We offer personalised guidance on crafting standout CVs that tell your unique story, effective strategies for nailing your next job interview and expert tips on optimising your LinkedIn profile to attract the right opportunities. And here's the best part. As a valued listener, you'll get an exclusive 10% discount. Just use the code WORKITLIKEAMUM when you book your session. Visit us at investinginwomen.co.uk forward slash career coaching services to start your journey towards career success. Let's work together to achieve your professional dreams with the Investing in Women Career Coaching Services. Yeah, absolutely. I come to it for a break. <laughs> you can have a cup of tea, <laughs> have a bit of adult conversation. <laughs> it's nice to have the balance. <laughs> yeah. Like, and when you're at work, you can take a, a little break. You can go for a, a coffee break. That's not an option when you're a mum, a full-time mum. So yeah, it feels like that, Like a lot of people don't realise that. And you don't forget your core skills either. You just, you just don't. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're obviously job-seeking. You were having a really tough time and then you found your job at Audio Network. Do you want to talk us through what that interview process looked like and maybe why it was different to the other ones? So, yeah, so it really stood out in that the recruiting manager, he had kids himself. He understood and he like he just he had empathy for my situation and he immediately reassured me that he understands that there are commitments with children. He explained that 
the company is a company that like we we don't expect people to work crazy hours and that brings true even even today we work hard we are passionate we are committed but you know it's rare that anyone has to stay really late or, or come in re- really early there isn't that kind of culture so that already like put me at ease like okay i think this is the kind of space there where where i want to work and that was kind of confirmed as i as i met more people it was really eye opening for me as well like in my earlier career it was kind of like you i got the feeling that you had to be seen to put in extra hours to progress in any way and it was a nice change of of scenery sorry <laughs> Someone just came in because of dogs. <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> it was a, just a, a breath of fresh air to realize that there are people and companies who acknowledge that you can do a great job without having to to be seen to work extra hours. And again, that's something that my manager said. It's like, I would rather have you here for like eight hours and have all of you than like you working longer hours and being being worried or, or like like stretched yeah or distracted exactly so how long did it take you to find your job when you started looking again yeah how long did it take I mean obviously you'd had the time before but then you know when you started again how long did it take you to find the job yeah so it took three solid months so I kind of started probably about well maybe mid-December getting my CV ready and I knew there was no point in trying to interview then but started interviewing in January and I started in this role in sort of late March yeah and is that not would it that was that obviously as a contractor before was that normal for you how long did it used to take you to find jobs it's a little hard to compare because in the past I would have had to be in a role and then have something else else come up. But it is a bit for the particular role that I was in. So I was in product management. That like it usually goes very very quickly. This it's a role that's in high demand, been in like increasingly high demand over the last few years. So it was unusual for it to to take that long to get into a role. And again, it was like I think of interviewing and then you know they wouldn't necessarily talk about family life or, or something but talking about the, the career break talking about the fact that I have children no direct sort of outright like oh no sorry you know but there was subtleties there for sure um, and one and another company that I, that I interviewed with the feedback via the recruiter was it just he doesn't believe that like that I took time off to to be with uh, with my child. He didn't believe that my story, as he put it, of having my contract ended and then going off on maternity leave. He thought that I was hiding something. So it was just like, oh, that's the most bizarre thing. So he thought you might made it up. I what, know. What an odd thing to say. And I can't believe that recruit. So what would you think? What would you like? You obviously had a terrible time job seeking pregnant and then with a new child but your experience unfortunately is not isolated and it happens to lots of women you know or every year so what would you like to see changed within the recruitment process you know how would you like recruiters to maybe change and and deal with pregnant and new parent job seekers and and then the hiring managers as well what do you think would have helped you yeah it's a hard topic because like I said I, I do see their side as well so even recruiting someone for a three-month contract if you know that they have a hard stop you know from a business a continuity perspective it's better for them to have someone who can continue past three months um if they want them if they need to but i like kind of two things and i think it's a bit of an educational thing for for companies as well as kind of just thinking about things a little bit longer term 
So, you know, someone might come in, like say someone is pregnant and, and re- recruiting for a permanent role even, and then going off on maternity leave. A, a lot of companies will go, oh no, and they'll be like upset if you don't reveal that. But to kind of see the, the bigger picture is like, yes, this person will be out for probably maximum a year, but there's still talent. You're still recruiting the right person for the role and for the company. It's worth investing that time and supporting them through that, especially if they are, are then likely to stay on longer and, and make a like a longer term contribution in, in the company. And so think of about, about it in, in that way. And also for people to remember that Everyone is here today because someone took time out of the rest of their life to spend time with them and nurture them and keep them alive when they were when they were infants. And it we need that kind of that kind of thinking to help raise the next generation of the workforce. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that like like people just kind of kind of think about it in in that way and and yeah, give that support to our working mums. I think you're and you're really good. You've talked about how much more productive you are in the hours that you do work. And I think that's a real selling point (laughs) to organisations and to society. You know, we hear a lot that we're the most unproductive, one of the most unproductive nations, don't we, in the world? Our productivity levels are low. I do think flexible working could definitely solve some of that and increase that. Yeah, I really think so. And where I've had opportunities uh, uh, like the in a company where where you know like if you have a, a crisis and you need to go pick up your child because they got a, a fever or something but you know that you have that space to do that and you're trusted to make up that time and to get your job done somehow what, whatever it takes that is really reassuring and like stress reducing as well and that helps productivity as well so it's a give and take thing right it's like this company gave me a bit of time I'm happy to give some of my time back and where I have additional time to to put that into my work. I and mean, it means a lot. So just before we wrap up, I just wanted to, to ask you a bit about the training course that you did and that you paid for that because I get a lot of, you know, get some training opportunities added to my website. Some, some are funded by the government and some are paid. I think this can be some, I mean, obviously some people can't afford and that's fine, but there does seem to be, I think, some resistance from particularly mothers investing in themselves, you know, whether that be a time commitment or a financial commitment. They'll buy everybody in the family, you know, the kids' coats, the shoes, etc., and they'll be walking around in a, you know, a coat with holes in it, for example. <laughs> what would you say to those people, you know, about investing in yourself and and the benefits or that, that might bring? Yeah. If you can do it, do it. Like try making it happen <laughs> someone uh, like to use an analogy is like I, I went to a gym for it for an assessment after I have my little one and he said yeah you know you should invest in yourself and your fitness and I said oh but I have a little one they come first and then he said but you know how in the plane in an airplane they go put on your oxygen mask first but before helping others because you kind of have to make sure that you're in a in a good state before you help others and that like even though it's like Mm, that's not quite the same. There was something there. Like we have to, in order for for us as, as mums to be good mums, for us to be good in our in our careers and happy in our careers, making that investment is important. And again, I was lucky because I was contracting. I had a limited company, and I could pay for the training out of my like my limited company funds. That's not always possible or easy to do. But even things like there are training courses through like. LinkedIn learning that yeah or YouTube there's free stuff. exactly yeah they don't have a massive massive charge 
or reading reading books, like making the time to read that is is absolutely worthwhile. And I found that what, after I had the kids, like, you know, every bit of time that you do get for, for yourself is just like nap time or just, just taking a mind break. But I would like start a habit of doing a bit of reading in the evenings just for half an hour or so after the, the little one fell asleep and using a, a Kindle with a backlight. So lights off Kindle and I'm still doing that and it's you know, just a, a little way to 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 upskill and you know invest invest in myself and obviously when you were then job seeking they were you could bring that up I suppose that you had done this yes yeah and so you felt it paid for itself in its in the end that you had you know done that training course yeah, I had. And again, so like because I was contracting, I probably would have had, I would have had to do that myself anyway, but it was a good way to to spend those funds. And like, given that I had the, the time as well, it was a, a very good opportunity. Really good. Do you know you said about the gym? Because I do, I don't go to a gym, but I do sometimes use, do YouTube workouts with this lady. And she sort of said, it's not selfish to exercise. You need to be healthy and happy yeah. to look after other people. And I think that's, you know, it's a really good example, actually, of that you do need to look after yourself and it's not being selfish. Exactly. But even mind time, just, just like that, like it benefits you, but it also benefits if it's the ones around you just like for me to have a little one hour break from the kids and just doing my own thing it's really a good mental health um, investment as well so absolutely worthwhile brilliant well thank you so much Cecile for your time today lovely thank you so where can people find you and connect with you and learn more about you and audio network oh yes absolutely so I'm on Twitter or LinkedIn also even happy to share an email address by you if people want to get get in touch um it's nice to have that conversation it's good to to have a conversation and have support and like we've even we've started a little teams chat in the company of working parents we've extended that to not just working mums but also working dads where we can just say oh I'm, I'm going through this is anyone else going through this what do you do and sometimes it's just like a case of like you know just get through it but having that support and having someone to to talk to often helps so yeah happy happy to share my details with people so they can get in touch oh, well lovely we'll put all your links in the show notes thank you so much Cecile for joining us today thank you Thank you for listening to another episode of the Work It Like a Mum podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share the link with a friend. If you're on LinkedIn, please send me a connection request at Elizabeth Willett and let me know your thoughts on this week's episode. You can also follow my recruitment site, Investing in Women, on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, keep on chasing your biggest dreams.